At the bank of Antandek, they're looking for a mascot. We need an icon. Something that says high fly into all our mortgage customers. Like a falcon or a stallion. Or even better, a parrot. Check it out. <laughs> Meanwhile, at Santander, they're concentrating on helping customers find ways to take years off their mortgage with their overpayment calculator. See what's possible at Santander. All applications are subject to status and our lending criteria. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. There's only 24 hours in a day. I got a pair of earbuds and I wish there was a way that I could know just what I want to listen to. There's 150,000 shows that I'm not sitting through. Welcome to Pod on Pod, a guide to the world of podcasts because it's not your daddy's radio. We're your hosts. I'm Josh. And I'm Joel. Hi, poppers. Hi, newbies to the show. We are Pod on Pod, and every week we review a different podcast for you. We put those out Wednesday mornings, and uh, you can subscribe at podonpod.com. You can follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, But what we're all about is introducing you to new shows. We like to review some pretty big shows, some pretty small shows, uh, mix in some listener requests along the way. This week, we're going to be talking about... At the bank of Antandek, they're looking for a mascot. We need an icon. Something that says high fly into all our mortgage customers. Like a falcon or a stallion. Or even better, a parrot. Check it out. Meanwhile, at Santander, they're concentrating on helping customers find ways to take years off their mortgage with their overpayment calculator. See what's possible at Santander. All applications are subject to status and our lending criteria. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. Holly Shores interested. Yes, we are. This is one of the shows that, that you suggested yeah, yeah, to add I pushed to the for list. It. Yeah, I pushed for it pretty hard early. You started listening to it right when it came out, right? Yeah. And how did you find the show? How did you hear about it? I heard about it through uh, WTF whenever Mark Marin interviewed him. Oh, okay. So Mark interviewed Polly. Yeah, and Polly plugged his um, his M- podcast. Mark is on the show as well. He's one yeah. of the the uh, episodes that I listen to. As a matter of fact, uh, the way that we review a show here on Pod on Pod is we break it down through four criteria. We talk about audio quality. We talk about host likability. We talk about production values and then the content itself. And then at the end of the thing, we rate it overall with earbuds. We don't talk about stars or uh, thumbs up. We'll explain that later though. Right now, let's get right into it and tell you what this show is all about. You can find more at polyshore.com or you can go straight to the show polyshore.com slash podcast. Uh, but either way, he's got it highlighted there. This is one of his sort of main projects right now. Yeah. Is this Polly's first podcast? I couldn't possibly tell you. He doesn't reference a previous one if he's done one. I know that he's been on lots of podcasts before. Yeah, and here's one of the things uh, with our show in particular is we listen to three shows, and if it's not said on that show or we don't get the feeling from those three shows, then we're not going to know. That's so he's true. never said on any of the episodes that I've listened to that he's done one. Here's the interesting thing about this podcast, the thing that it sets it apart from anything that we've reviewed so far, anything that I've ever listened to, as a matter of fact. I'm not saying that it's the only show out there. As a matter of fact, there's enough podcasts. I'm imagining someone else does this, but I've never heard of it before. Polly interviews an interesting guest, generally a comic or well, I think it's always a comic on the ones that I listen or a to anyway. Wife yeah, or, or a comic's wife about the comic. In yeah. the case of when he's uh, talking about a, a subject who's passed away, but then he has a secondary interview. Yes, where they discuss and comment on the first interview. 
and the cool thing is some of the ones that I listen to is there's always a connection between the two. Uh, yes. For instance, uh, one of the episodes that I listen to, as a matter of fact, it's the one that I just finished. It's the one that features uh, Mark Marin. The The topic of discussion is Lenny actually Bruce. Lenny Bruce, uh, but it's Kitty Bruce, uh, which is the daughter of Lenny. Uh, she's the main interview, and then Mark Marin sits in with Polly to listen to that interview and discuss to discuss it. It's sort of like watching a movie and getting the director's commentary all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, a lot, yeah, a lot like that. It is. It's really a fascinating idea, and some of the pairings make for like especially interesting combinations. These are the shows that I listen to. I listen to um, the Rick Overton and Ed Begley Jr. episode. They were discussing Robin Williams. Rick Overton is is one of Robin's or was one of Robin's best friends. Ed Begley Jr.'s known Robin for years and years and years. And both of those guys have relationships with Polly, as did Robin. And so all three of them got to sort of commiserate after that loss. The Michael Steele and Jared Carmichael episode, this was one where he steps out outside the bounds of comedy. Michael Steele, the former, I think he was the head of the RNC at one point. He was the the um, the chairman of the Republican National uh, Committee or uh, Republican National Party. And he's been a prominent figure in the Republican Party, a prominent commentator on conservative politics for a long time now. Polly interviewed Michael, and then Jared uh, Carmichael, who's a comic, uh, an African-American comic, was the sit-in with uh, Polly to discuss that interview. That was a really interesting take. And then the last one, uh, before I got to the Mark Maron episode, which I actually just finished tonight, Carrot Top was the actual interview. Yeah. Yeah, Larry the Cable Guy, the the commentary on that, along with Polly, and I didn't know this until this episode. They came up together. Yeah, in Florida, those yeah. two guys came from the same club, sort of walk-ons to the mic in the same club, and so they've got this this long history and a deep affinity for each other, even though they are like on sort of opposite ends of the comedy spectrum. I, I almost feel like very very strange, but the connections there were great. So that's what the show is about. It's a, it's. Two interviews done at once with all sort of a, a one cohesive topic. Yeah. Overall, what was it? The form, the format, when you first mentioned the format, that's the thing that most excited me about the show. I was not excited to hear a show starring Polly Shore. I was interested to use his <laughs> word. I was interested to use uh, his word to check out this format. Which one was it that drew you in? It was Polly? Yeah, definitely Polly, yeah. I mean, he's a uh, he's a '90s icon, man. Well, let's segue right there and talk a little bit instead of the content. Let's talk about the host likability because I I think this show or this one is going to be a stumbling block for a lot of people. I, children, kids our age uh, in the '90s, I think, have a deep affinity for a lot of us. Anyway, have a deep affinity for Polly Shore, but at the same time. He, like a certain kind of music, like a certain brand of movies, it's one of those things in our mind was great at the time, but we don't want to be reminded that we liked it. I think sometimes watching a Pauly Shore movie is like looking at those terrible yearbook photos of you from like sixth grade with the you know the parachute pants and the teased hair and the gigantic glasses and the braces. The 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 jams with the Spud McKenzie party animal t shirt. That's exactly and what the it's rat like. tail. And I know, I know intellectually that Polly Shore aged and advanced and moved on in life just like the rest of us. I know that he's not actively casting the pod, buddy. But at the same time, 
in my head, he's still that guy. And when you hear him talk, sometimes he's that, still guy's, that guy, because those, those are his rhythms. Yeah, that guy comes yeah. out. Like that guy is still there. He's a little more than that as well, but he is also that. And so it's it's a little disconcerting for me uh, getting I into love, the show. I love Polly Shore. I can understand why people could not like Polly Shore. I think he's probably pretty polarizing. Either you love him or you don't. But it's his rhythm. Man, I like his rhythms. And I'm going to say that this show in particular has a lot of comedic history in it, a ton of history about comedy, about stand-up is in this podcast. So even if you're not a Polly Shore fan, there's still something in there for you. If you don't know Polly's story, you know, Polly is sort of comedy royalty. Yeah, he grew I mean he grew up at the uh, comedy store. Literally everybody. Grew up. Like uh, it like uh, his mother and father ran the joint. Uh well, owned the joint. Well you should listen to the Sammy Shore episode, which is – I'm going to say I've listened to all of them. My favorite episode is probably the Sammy Shore with commentary by Rudy Luca. It's great. And they, they go into the history of the comedy store? In oh, that yeah, one? yeah. Okay. Who started it? How long he ran it until Mitzi took over? And then – like it's pretty – it's it's a, the history of the comedy store. The comedy store in itself is very interesting. And – other than maybe the improv, the comedy store, one of the most important you know, comedy rooms in, in the country, I think, as far as like uh, the place where name after name after name originated, that's their room that they go back to. That's the room that they came out of. That's the room where they, where they formed their, their imagine being public a, personas. Imagine being a child and Richard Pryor is like an uncle to you. Yeah, that's well. I mean, he talks Sam about Sam Kennison is like an uncle to you. He talks about as a teenager, you know, like not old enough to drive and and go out yet even, and he's partying and doing drugs with Sam Kennison. It probably wasn't the the best environment for a child. Great environment for a stand up comic though, probably. And has fantastic <laughs> stories. Yeah, absolutely. This is a pretty new podcast. Yeah, it's only about fourteen episodes deep. Right here in the host likability section, I'm just going to say this: I think Polly will grow as an interviewer. He already has over these episodes. I went back and listen to one of the very first ones if not well the yeah the very first one is the robin williams episode the rick overton so we're talking about host likeability yeah still in host likeability okay, but i'm just talking about like how he does as a because the fact of the matter is the listener might be saying to themselves why am i listening to this and not wtf you guys have already said mark maron's yeah. the best guy yeah. to go through that history of comedy yeah. to, to go through a comic's life this is an interesting case where there's an argu- argument to be made because Paulie has a very particular viewpoint yeah, oh yeah. on the history of comedy right. or the recent history of comedy especially. And and so I think if there's anybody that's going to be able to make an argument for standing alongside it, Paulie's that guy. And he doesn't do the same thing that Mark does. Well, he I does think, it in this interesting way. Yes, and I think Paulie also gives a rawer look at the the, the stand-up scene, man. He will badger somebody about women or about drugs and, and throws out there like, hey, come on, like, it's no big deal. You're in the scene. People know that you've done a little coke. Uh, yeah, OK. So, yes, maybe raw about this, the, about the comedy scene particularly. Yeah. I feel like Mark Maron gets to deeper, darker places. But you got to think Mark's interviews are more freeform, too. Paulie is doing in about the same time frame. He's doing two interviews. So I'm thinking these are probably pretty heavily edited to 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 fit together the way that they do, especially the first interview. I'm assuming that is a fairly edited interview with his main subject, and then the commentary might be pretty live and just reactionary. That's the way it feels to me. 
It could be. Yeah. All right. Let's move on then to production values. How does he put this thing together? He uses music to uh, to segue bumpers. Oh, yeah, and and I will say that the the thing that I did find irritating about the show would be sometimes you would get like a ten second bite of the first interview, boom, music, a forty second reaction, boom, music, uh, a, a minute segment of the interview, music, ten second reaction, like it just. I don't think he's found how to put the stories together yet. That's one of the reasons. That's one of the reasons I say I think he's going to grow a lot as yeah. an interviewer. He he's shown growth already over the first fourteen episodes or so, but there's a lot of room for this thing to get better. Yeah, I think when you're listening to episode one hundred in its own way, this might be as interesting an audio experience as a serial or um, you know this American Life or a Radio Lab. If they want to go there, and by they I mean Polly and his whole team. It's not Polly doing it himself. If he's actually editing this thing and putting it together, if it's low budget, uh, you know, a, a bootstrap organization, then that's not going to be the case. If he gets a real producer to be involved in this, and and they look at the bigger picture and they think about this as one story told by three different people, him and his two interview subjects, I think you can get to a really really awesome place. Right now, it's not there. It's a little jumbled. It's a little messy as they go back and forth. It's was at times for me, it was hard to hold both thoughts in my head at the same time. What the first interview was about and then what the reaction commentary, what the through line for that conversation had been, it gets it got jumbled several different times, particularly in the Michael Steele episode. That was, I thought, the worst. The Michael Steele to Jared Carmichael back and forth was the least cohesive of any of them. I agree with almost nothing you just said. You you don't mind the back and forth? It's not it's not a problematic um, for you? No, because I I no, not at all. I think what may bother you is the idea of the show is you interview Chris Rock, right? And then you have oh, who was Davison? Uh I think Tommy Davison was his commentator on it, right? Yes, he was. So What's going to happen there is Chris Rock may say something and then Polly and Tommy get sidetracked on something else because it'll it'll spark a memory from Tommy about what it was like whenever Tommy was coming up. So they're not always going to be talking about the subject interview. And I would be fine with that. It feels to me like they are rarely talking about the subject interview. And maybe that's because he's not good enough to like lead the witness, as it were. Maybe that's because the editing isn't tight enough. But somewhere in there, I feel like I'm going to be much happier with episode 40 or 50 than I am with the 14th episode right yeah, but now. but that's with – that's – Dude, that's literally a blanket. What podcast gets worse after doing it 50 times? Well, I guess nobody exactly. does. But, okay, uh, fair enough. But I'm saying right now, I don't think this is – the right now, the way that they put the show together is cumbersome enough to be bothersome to me. Like it's okay. it's a little clumsy and so it's a negative for me right now. One of the things that uh, that I think people either like or love about the show but hopefully – Everyone will understand. And it's something that we do a terrible job of is Polly Shore does a, a really good job of letting you know who he's interviewing, letting you know the name of the show, almost every in and out, almost every out into the um, the actual interview. He'll say, this is Polly Shore. Uh, we're about to listen to an interview with so-and-so. Are you still interested? And he'll do that literally every out. And then every end, he goes, we're back with... 
and then says who's he, who he's with. And I think that's something that podcasts, podcasters in general don't do very well. Like I rarely call you by name, right? There's two of us. Our voices are pretty distinctive, but people still get us mixed up a lot. And one of the reasons is because I don't do a very good job of saying, well, what do you think, Joel? I agree. Absolutely. You should say my name more. <laughs> Just say my name, say my name. Right, but a lot of podcasts don't do a very good job of that. And so when, when we're listening to three and that's not a skill they do well, we're going to put out some misinformation almost assuredly. That's a very good point. But with the Polly Shore podcast, he has it covered for better, for worse, whether you like it, whether you don't like it. He does a good job of it, and, and I understand it and I appreciate it. I'll say that he does a good job of reminding you of who it is and where he <laughs> yeah. is, but it's still hard to keep up with. Even though if he didn't do that every single time in and out, remind you of who you, he's with and interviewing, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have any clue – who any of them were. I, the whole thing would have been a giant blur of conversation, I think. And so many podcasts miss that or don't do that. So I'm glad he does. That's a very good point. All right. And that leaves audio quality. I will say this. Maybe it's not Mark Marin quality, but both the interviews are great. I hadn't heard a single one so far in the four or five episodes that I've listened to now that had any issues. Have you come across issues? Uh, no, because I feel like he's he interviews both people. Like they're both in the same room. During each interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. going to them with a kit or they're coming to his studio or however the setup is. Coming to the comedy store. Yeah, I wonder how far like how far out does he have part of the show recorded? Man, he's wonder, probably got dozens in the can, right? Uh, well, I he's could waiting be, for the right. Yeah, I could be wrong, but I want to say he opened like on launch day. I want to say he launched four or somewhere around that, four or six, all at once. Well, so we put out five episodes day one. And then, yeah. you know, another episode just a couple of days after that. I think that's a good way to, to launch a show. You want to have right out of the gate, you want to have a little bit of a sample size so that people get have a real idea of what your show is going to be. Right. Well, think about it. We listen to three because of that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If you go any less than that, you, you don't know what the show's about. And why make them wait weeks and weeks and weeks right. to get their footing? You know, I can listen to three all in one sitting and then I know, hey, this is a show I'm going to be subscribed to week out and weekend now. And uh, we've already talked about host likability. We talked about production values. We talked about the content itself. Uh, and that gets down to our favorite moments. I got three and more than more than I ever imagined came from Larry the Cable Guy's discussions. Yeah, really? What a great interview he was, I thought. Like I'm I'm going to search out other places where he's been on podcasts. So, well, I'm just going to tell you my favorite moments. Larry the Cable Guy was talking about Carrot Top. He says that all the comics, you know, bashing on Carrot Top, you just worry about your own act. Maybe you'll be as famous as him someday. And the way that he put it, I, it's a simple thought. You know, he was like, there's so much negativity surrounding him. You guys just don't worry about him. Worry about your own stuff. But it's so completely true. Like I'm not I'm not a big Carrot Top fan. I haven't been since I was a kid. And even at times I've been like, "Oh, what a hack comedian he is." Who am I? I'm a I'm a guy in the middle of nowheresville that that talks on the internet about other people's podcasts. Like See, I take the view of everywhere I am is some place to be. <laughs> All right, fair enough. But I'm saying what I'm saying is like that guy's out there doing his thing. Yeah, sure. Why does it bother you that people like what he does? That doesn't have anything to do with you, you know? And I I don't know. The way that, that uh, Larry put it was so succinct. I was like, I felt very bad for any negativity I've put out towards Carrot Top after all this time. He comes off as a pretty good guy, too. Yeah, I like. I actually really like that episode. 
I have two moments that I really like. Okay. Um, the first is in the Sammy Shore, Rudy Luca episode because Sammy and Luca, they got to be like – they're in their 80s. Yes. Right? Yes. And so it was really great to go back and hear like him opening up for Sinatra or opening up for Elvis. And Polly kept like hounding Luca about – right, but I mean you were there as the writer for the ladies, right? Like <sighs> – you're hanging around Elvis. There's obviously girls, right? You And Luca keeps not biting, not going for it, like using some misdirection. And he'd say stuff like, uh, the jokes. The girls were there for the jokes, Polly. That was all about the jokes back back in that time. And then Polly goes, okay, fair enough. But for everybody who can't see you, which is everyone listening to the show, he's winking right now. Yeah, nice. Uh, so I thought that was uh, I thought that was pretty neat. And then – the Rodney Dangerfield episode with uh, Rodney's wife and commentary by Andrew Dice Clay is Clay really calls Polly out on badgering them or cutting him off or or changing the subject when he's trying to tell a story because it seems like Polly will say something to get a reaction if it doesn't go the way that he wants or if he gets bored with it, he'll just cut off the story and, and try to direct it some other way. Very ham-handedly, right? Yes. And Andrew Dice Clay like so calls him out on it. He's like, well, I haven't even got to the story yet. I haven't even said – can I can I tell a story because you don't even – it's my story. You don't have it right. Let me finish the story. Right. Let me, at least, let me at least finish the story you asked me about before you ask me about a different one. Yeah, I thought that was a gem. I, but see, I think that's a great example. That almost never happens to Mark anymore because he spent thousands of hours asking people questions. You know, Mark gets you, Mark Marin, I'm talking about, gets you to the place where he wants you to be, whether you want to go there or not, because he's intelligent in the way that he asks the question. Sure, but I think the comparison is unfair in this way. Sure. In, in this way, that it's Mark Marin and one person talking the entire hour uh, about that person, their experiences, their past, their histories, their wants, their dreams, yada, yada. This one is Polly Shore doing an interview and actively interrupting that interview to give you his and the commentator's point of view on what you just heard. It is impossible to do what Mark does in that format. You just can't. So No, I agree. Okay. But I'm but I'm saying it's just like you watch sometimes on CNN or Fox News and the interviewer leads the the interviewee sure to get the sound bite that they want so they can run it to promote the show. I'm saying a lot of times it's obvious that Paulie is pushing for this line, this line that he knows they have in them to say about the comic or the time right, frame or right. the drugs or the women or whatever. And when he doesn't get it, he either goes to the next thing or interrupts sure. to re-ask the question. And I'm saying a better interviewer, a more skilled interviewer, an interviewer who's been doing it longer wouldn't be so ham-handed about it. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I like Polly. He's not done getting good at this yet. That's what I'm trying to get at. Fair enough. All right. So that brings us to the time on the show when we actually rate this thing. You, you've you been in it from the long haul. Yeah, yeah, I'm assuming like your it. rating is going to be pretty high here. I think there's issues to it that I think could definitely make it better. Okay. I've thoroughly enjoyed all of it. I think this show is going to appeal to people who uh, who really came of age in the 90s and, and who know Polly Shore and associate those two together. I think that's going to get a lot of people in and keep a lot of people listening. I think the content is interesting enough to grab the people who maybe don't know who Polly Shore is or was never interested in his stuff in the 90s. 
I agree. Okay, so with with that, and I think that it it can definitely appeal to both sets of people. It's something I listen to all of the time. I really, really like it. I can completely understand how maybe you don't with the points that you've given, how other people may not based on some of those same exact points and experiences. For me, though, it's a two. I enjoy it, especially anybody in my age age range. I'll probably almost always suggest it to. I very much agree that that people that remember Pauly Shore fondly, the people that are Pauly Shore fans, that if you ask them, hey, are you a fan of Pauly Shore? And they say yes. That this is going to be a show to suggest to them. I also think that there's the possibility that there are longtime WTF listeners. I'm trying to think of another longtime Nerdist listeners even because there's a lot of comedy talk on that yeah. show as well. People who consider themselves fans of comedy or, or, or students of uh, the history of comedy, long-term fans of comedy. Those people are going to be very interested in the show, too, even if they don't stick with it over the long haul. That's the reason why I was drawn to it. The combination of his particular take on on comedy and then the idea of getting two interviews at once effectively, that double take on things. I really enjoyed the the episodes that I listened to. It's, It's not... It's not perfect yet, and I and like and the thing the places where it's wrong I think are so obviously correctable that they grate on me a little bit. Like they sort of they draw attention to themselves because the the flaws are so few and far between. And what is really a nice package, a really interesting uh, show. So I'm going to give it 1.5 overall. Oh, and- really? That's surprising. You, you, you were thinking I'd go with just like a one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, No, I liked it quite a lot. I'm going to give it 1.5 with the idea that we're already to th- – this is episode 39, I think, or 40. So, like, we're not going to be able to fix this on the 50th episode probably with Revisited Volume 2. But at 75, I'm thinking – you you, You'll get to go back and I think I may go back all the way up to, to a right. two eventually on this one down the road. He's I, I got to give him a little time to, to – stu- I'm gonna what I'm going to do, I'm going to seal him in his cask. I'm going to put him up on the shelf let him age a little bit. There you go. I'll come back. Right. You know what I think uh, – I have – I found going through uh, a bunch of different podcasts that I have an affinity for one, one that talks about the history of stand-up or has comedians on it or the interviewers like Mark Marin or The Nerdist or this one with, with Polly Shore interested. It's because, man, when I was younger, I always wanted to be a stand-up. Always. I didn't really have dreams of being a stand-up. I, I did, man. I wanted to be a stand-up. I wanted to get on Saturday Night Live, which is what really got me into uh, WTF with Mark Marin and, and his history with that and his like, wanting to dig into uh, what it's like auditioning and getting on to Saturday Night Live. I've always loved the comedy store, and if I didn't have the one handicap that I have, I would have totally have gone for it. What's, what's that handicap? I'm not funny. Oh, yeah, that's a real handicap. Yeah, so there's no way that was going to happen. It's like the worst handicap you can have as a comedian. Uh, so that, my friends, is Pod on Pod's review of Polly Shore's Interested Podcast. You can find it at polyshore.com. Uh, you can find us at podonpod.com. Uh, don't forget to stop by and rate us in iTunes. We'd love to see your uh, five-star review in iTunes if uh, you love us. If you don't, that's okay. You can rate us lower than that, too. It's fine. iTunes or Stitcher for that. Find us at Pod on Pod. Subscribe and uh, send us some feedback. You can email us, podonpod at teamprocreate.com. You got anything else to add, sir? Uh, Yeah, man. Have we talked about the Christmas show and what we're doing Mm. yet? We haven't. That's a very good point. So next week is uh, Christmas, and Christmas Eve falls on a Wednesday. That means that you're getting a special Christmas Eve episode of Pod on Pod. We got some buddies of ours, some friends, some fellow podcasters uh, that are chipping in with this question answered. If you could give someone a podcast for Christmas this year, 
what show would it be and to whom? So you're going to hear from uh, the Weekly Planet podcast. You're going to hear from Ivy Envy. You're going to hear from I Hate Critics. Yeah, uh, right which on. we were a part of their yeah. Thanksgiving episode, uh, and you're also going to hear from uh, Mommy's Cocktail Hour, and maybe some other special guests as the hour approaches. Yeah, speaking of Ivy Envy, man, Corey was in the hospital. Mm. Uh, all better now, apparently, yeah. or he's he's back at work anyway. Yeah, uh, he's back recording. Uh, we got his bit for the Christmas episode already, and they have posted new episodes on yeah. Ivy Envy as well. Yeah, and so Ivy Envy's a Cubs podcast. Yeah, we uh, reviewed it. I think episode two. Yeah, what was great about it? Well, not great, but. You know, Corey has to go to the hospital, has a little hospital scare, and Cubs make the John Lester signing happen. I was like, oh, man, what a, what a he, terrible he, time to be he in He took hospital. one for the team? Yeah. Mm, could be that voodoo, man. <laughs> He's doing that dark magic up there. All right, be careful with that, Corey. Anyway, all right, well, we'll be back next week with that special Christmas episode of Pod on Pod. And then following Christmas, before we get to New Year's, you're going to hear our review of the Adam Carolla Show. It's a great one to go out on for 2014. And then we're going to kick into 2015 with some listener-requested shows. Yeah. Uh, a special history episode. We'll tell you more about that next week. We're going to do another trifecta, much like we did with the Gotham podcast. Gave you three Gotham TV show podcasts that are coming out. And this is going to be three history podcasts. All at the same time in one episode. Fun stuff. All of that coming soon here on Pod on Pod. Uh, until next week, we're your hosts. I'm Josh. I'm Joel. Are you still what? Interested. That's right. Pod on Pod is a proud member of the Procast Network, a Procreate production. Procreate is a community of artists in film, music, the digital arts, and fine arts that helps them connect and collaborate on projects. You can find out more at teamprocreate.com. For more great podcasts from the Procast Network, check out Movie Buzzed. Every week, your host, Zach, and some special guests review a new film. It's time for good friends, a great movie, and a good buzz. The Pod on Pod theme song was written and produced by Adam Dale. You can find more information about him on our website, as well as links to his forthcoming album, Cats and Dogs. Our musical guest this week is Ugo Capito. <laughs>
at the bank of Antandek, they're looking for a mascot. We need an icon. Something that says high fly into all our mortgage customers. Like a falcon or a stallion. Or even better, a parrot. Check it out. <laughs> Meanwhile, at Santander, they're concentrating on helping customers find ways to take years off their mortgage with their overpayment calculator. See what's possible at Santander. All applications are subject to status and our lending criteria. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. Tune into Haycar's new podcast series, The Road to a Simple Life. And join me, Vernon Kay, as I chat to McFly's Harry Judd, Ian Haste of Haste Kitchen, and Money Magpie's Jasmine Bertles about how they keep things simple across their family, food, and financial lives. The Road to a Simple Life is brought to you by Haycar, the new website for used cars that promise to make finding your perfect used car simpler than ever. Find us on all major podcast channels or head to haycar.co.uk forward slash simple for all of the episodes.